0: Hey, y'all, it's Kiara, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of For Realness Sake. Hey, y'all, it's me. Whoa, what is going on <laughs> my voice? Let me do that again. <clears throat> Hey y'all, it's Kiara. Oh my gosh, I missed you guys. It's been a while. I think my last episode took place like early December. So we really haven't even talked. Well, let me just first say Happy New Year, okay? Because we made it to 2021. (laughs) Oh my gosh, 2020 was so ghetto. And low-key, I still feel like we're in the ghetto, but we're looking up. I mean, we got a new president. Let's start there. And he was talking about giving us another STEMI, which is always nice. (laughs) And he was talking about reducing our student loans or eliminating them altogether. So for that, I am grateful. Y'all, so much has happened over the past few months, and I really just needed a break. So thank you for listening. If you're new, welcome to the For Realness Sake podcast. I got to do a little catching up with y'all before we get into this week's episode. So what's new, Kiara? Whew, child. Well, let me just tell you. <laughs> I started a YouTube, y'all. A real live YouTube and if you know me, you know I'm a little bit scary, but I decided to go ahead and do it. I put it on my vision board, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a podcast this year. Or not a podcast God. I'm going to do a YouTube this year and i did it i put out my first episode it's super cheesy and corny and like only three minutes long but y'all it took me everything to put that video out so if you're not following me on instagram then you wouldn't know about it side note follow me on instagram at four realness sake but also subscribe to the youtube channel because on there you'll be able to see my guest lot like in video and see them and us <laughs> see us talking and i'm gonna have some guests on there that are doing their thing in their element and i'm gonna be interviewing them that way so it'll just be like an extension of the podcast but in video form if that makes sense so subscribe also your girl got her first sponsorship Hey. <laughs> so I've been trying to like really get into the beauty game not I don't want to say beauty but more like influencer game where you know people will come to me for different things and y'all I shot my shot with love me hair the wig company and y'all they made me they sponsored me and it was so cool how it happened so I have to tell you about that later but Long story short, y'all, I got a wig code for 20% off whatever wig you want to purchase from lovemehair.com. So the code is FRS20. Make sure you get on there and get you a wig, girl. I'm like a fan of the headband wigs because I'm not big on wigs. Like I never, I wore a wig once in my life prior to this. And so I didn't really know what the wig game was about. Like lace and all this kind of stuff but y'all they got headband wigs you just put that thing on with a velcro strap in the back and you are good to go so please please use my code so your girl can continue to get these coins also i am i talking too much i just you know how it is when you just you don't talk to your friend in a long time so you just feel like you got so much to say i got so much to tell y'all the other thing is i'm finally a senior in college. Now remember when I started I had just began my first semester of grad school. Y'all now I'm in my last semester. Thank God. And I don't really know what's next so that's sort of scary but I'm trusting in God because he always has a way. Now that we got all that cleaned up let's get into this week's episode. It's my birthday week. I turned 29 on the 29th which only happens one time in your life. And I think that over the past few weeks I've had a lot of time to reflect. I've gotten emotional thinking about it, about Young Ki era. And I really just wanted to share some thoughts with you on what it means to me to be 29 now. And this episode is dropping on my birthday. So happy birthday, girl. <laughs> and shout out to my Aquarius gang, gang, gang. Okay. So, as I enter the last year of my 20s, I wanted to. Oh, that sounds so bad. Oh my gosh, I'm getting old. Can we just RIP to my 20s? Okay. As I enter this year, though, I feel like I'm excited about it because, wow. Ten-year-old me would have never thought that I'd be right here today. I think little Kiara would be so proud of where I am. But also like, wow, you really, you really did that. And when I think about the lessons that I've learned over the past nine years, <laughs> um, it's it powerful to me. So I want to share it with you. So when I think about being 20 years old, I have to paint the picture for you. Like, I was... In San Diego I was new in the military Um, it was 2011 just to paint the scene and I was away from home like I was by myself and I just remember turning 20 and thinking like so so that's it (laughs) so this is it so I'm 20 now and nothing really felt different it wasn't it wasn't super like awakening or anything like that I was just 20 and I wore red lipstick to like commemorate the day because that was my first time feeling like, okay, I'm 20 now. I can wear red lipstick. Because if y'all grew up in the south like me, you know that moms, <laughs> anything with the color red, they're like, no, you too, you ain't grown enough for that. That's too grown. So I was like, let me get my red lips and my red fingernail polish. <laughs> And that was pretty much my my 20th birthday. I can't remember doing anything special or anything crazy. It was just that. Because truly, you still can't do stuff. Like, you can't drink, yeah, you know, legally. So I was still kind of limited in in that regard. But I I do remember that. Now, I turned 21 um, on deployment. Ugh, I was in Hong Kong and it was my first time really drinking. Now I did have like drinks here and there um, along the way. Like maybe if my friend had a party at her house, I would have like a wine cooler. But I had never gotten drunk until I turned 21 and I was on deployment in Hong Kong and I got black out drunk, y'all. I'm talking about I didn't know where I was or what I was doing. I was black out drunk. I was throwing up in the cab and the girls that I went with, they were just girls from the ship that I had maybe met, you know, three or four months prior to that. So fairly new acquaintances. Um, we weren't besties for sure. And so we went out got drunk really it was really early it was like 9 p.m honestly and i was already toe up and i didn't know like i could i i didn't have a limit i can't even say i didn't know my limit i didn't have one i i had zero tolerance at that point as a 21 year old so it was just very new and i was drinking those drinks super fast they were very strong and yeah i got blackout drunk y'all i threw up outside of the bar we were at inside the taxi we had to give the taxi man all of our money whatever the yen all the yen that we had on us the girls i were with were like cussing me out Were telling me oh my gosh you're so you're so drunk like why would you do this you ruin everything like the girl some of the girls i went they were um higher ranking than me so in the military, um, you know, you have like ranks, and I was like an E3 at the time, and these girls were like E5. So they were, you know, truthfully, they shouldn't have even been hanging out with me because of our rank difference in the military, but when you're on a ship, you know, it's black girl, meet black girls. like, hey, it is what it is. So I went back to the ship. I was hungover the next day. It was just such a crazy experience. But believe it or not, I learned something from that. And the biggest lesson I could say from that is, number one, don't mix drinks. (laughs) That'll be my first lesson, like, don't mix drinks. But also, go out with people that you trust and that, you know, really know you. Now, in that situation, I was kind of limited because... I was on deployment and if i was back home i probably wouldn't have gone out with those girls no shade but they were older than me and it just kind of like i think the one of the girls were like 26 or 27 at the time and i had just turned 21 so i don't hang out with 21 year olds now so i just don't think that i would have you know anyway Um, and so I really didn't know what I was doing at that time. I was depressed and I think that drinking was a way for me to cope and I wasn't very good at it. So I would say, trust the people that you go out with and, and I know this sounds like Doug here, we know that, but no, seriously, like trust, trust the people that you go out with because a lot of things could have happened to me, but because God is good, they didn't. And if things were to go awry, they wouldn't have cared either way, I'm sure of it. So just be, you know, super careful about who you choose to drink around and don't get blackout drunk. Now, I know that sounds funny, but in all seriousness, sometimes as a young adult, we make those choices and we don't realize the significance in the lesson that God is trying to teach us. So at that time, I would say from about 21 to 25, a lot of things happened to me personally. My mom got a divorce from my stepdad, and that was a a crazy time for her and my sister, and also for me because we were separated. So I couldn't be there for my mom. I didn't know what was going on fully because I was on deployment. So it was like I was dealing with that. I was on deployment for like eight months i was you know away from dante we were long distance times 10 and i didn't know how to deal with that i was like accusing him of cheating on me and everything in between um me and dante broke up during that time so i told y'all about that on the relationship uh series that we did how we broke up for a few months and that was crazy so during that time i was like drinking And going out, Um, I never compromised myself in like a sexual way. Thank God that I, like I didn't because I don't think that me and my personality, I wouldn't be able to deal with it, like those repercussions. And so I think that like I needed to learn how to cope. And I think that's what a lot of young girls need to learn is how to cope. And if we could recognize those things, some things are just trial and error. Like, you know, okay. I drank Mad Dog 2020, like I'm not gonna do that anymore. <laughs> but then the deeper stuff, like, okay, why every time I have a real situation, or why when I feel this way, my go to is to drink, or my go to is to go and spend money, or my go to is to shut everyone out and, you know, stay in my room and watch TV for three days. Like, we gotta start getting to the root causes of that. And for me, that root cause, was feeling like nobody understood me thinking that I was in this world regardless of who I had around Dante who you know was off and on during that time just not just thinking that I was here by myself and that was like super depressing for me and it took me just on this really dark journey I tell people about this when I talk to girls younger girls especially I tell them about this story, I get way more detail with them, but that time really taught me what it meant to pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Now, it wasn't easy, and I didn't do it alone, but it started with me recognizing that this pattern of what I got going on right now is not right, and I didn't want to be like that anymore. So when I turned 24, I got to switch my job. That was another thing that was like really weighing me down in my earlier years because I hated my job in the Navy. And so I got a chance to switch positions and become an addictions counselor, but I had to go through about, uh, I think it was 10 weeks of training first. And during those 10 weeks, I got my world rocked, okay? Um it was my first time where I had to look at myself in the mirror and say okay this is who th- this is you. And that happened because in the group that we were in we were training to become addictions counselors and so what they did was they made us go through like a 10 week program. But instead of dealing with addiction, uh we talked about like our deep rooted issues because they didn't want us to go into these rooms with these addicted or let me use person first language, they didn't want us to go into these rooms with people who were addicted to different substances and hear the stories that they had to say and then almost like feel like we couldn't listen to it or like we couldn't handle it or that something that they say would bother us in a sense where we couldn't do our jobs. So we had to sort of unturn every stone or review every skeleton in our closet to make sure that we would be able and capable of helping these other people. And so that being said, I, you know, lived a perfectionist lifestyle. I always, I was a people pleaser. Y'all know that. I've talked about that several times where I was whoever you wanted me to be, whether that was the clubbing girl that was the you know the book club girl that was the makeup girl like I was whatever I was with whatever you were with and that was crazy for me to be like that but that's what it was and so when I went in this program I just kind of like tried to take on the personality of uh what's a good word I just I just try to be perfect I, I don't know I, I took on the the I've tried to make myself look as pristine as possible. So when we would get into these groups and, you know, they would ask us serious questions like, well, what was your childhood like? You know, I would say, oh, my childhood was fine. You know, we, I had so much fun with my cousins and my grandma, you know, our family was like the Cosby show. And y'all that could not have been further. (laughs) That could not have been further from the truth. Like, my family was not nowhere near close to the Cosby show other than a bunch of people being in the house together. That That's about it. And so, you know, at first they were just letting me slide like, okay, like, but one lady, um, she knew that I was lying. Like she just saw me and just knew like this girl is full of crap. And so, you know, the weeks went on and I would say it was about week two or three because we would have a group every day. So it was super intense. And so by that second week, she was like, Hey, if you don't start being real, you're gonna get kicked out of this program. And y'all, I was scared. <laughs> I was like, huh? What, what, what are you talking about? Like, I'm I'm being real. Like you ask me stuff, and I answer. And she was like, yeah, you're telling us what we want to hear or what you think we want to hear. You're not telling us what your actual feelings are. And that was the first time that anybody had ever called me out on not being real. She was like, you need to take your mask off and get real or you can leave. I was like, oh, oh, okay, sis, like I I got you. You know, let me try. Let me just let me see what's going on. Let me consult with myself and you know, me to me, let's figure this out. And so the next day, uh, we had group again and she made me like pop off the group topic. And she was like, "I think that Kiara has something that she liked to say, so we're going to start with her." Y'all, I was nervous, I was shaking, I was on the brink of tears because of how nervous I was. And um, she was like, you know, and I, truly I didn't have anything to say, like in my mind, I didn't know what I was going to say. I was like, oh my God, she finna kick me out of this program. Cause I don't know what to say. And so she was like, Kiera, you need to breathe. And I was like, oh, okay, okay cool. um, and she was like, when you know the words you say it. And I was like, oh my God. So if you have anxiety like me, you know at this point, I am the the stress that I'm feeling is like you can feel it at this point. And so I took a deep breath and I was like, when I was in the ninth grade, I was bullied. <laughs> and that was the first thing I said. And everybody kind of just like looked at me like, what? Like they didn't know what I was gonna say. And I was scared, and they were scared, and we were just all just scared, child. And so that was the first thing I said. And she was, and what when I said it, I started crying like immediately, like I could barely get the words out. And she was like, "Say it again." And I was like, "Okay." In the ninth grade, I was bullied, and she want she wanted to know more. So she was like, "So you know what did bullying look like for you?" Or walk us through that experience. And so I told her about what happened and, you know, everything. And y'all, when I tell you, I sat in that group and talked for like an hour about my problems. And all the group members that were there was probably like 15 of us. They all sat and they listened. And it was the most freeing experience. I'm not going to cry. It was the most freeing experience I ever had. Because at that point, up until that point, I had never shared that. I had never talked about me. Anytime I could, if anyone ever asked me about me, I would just say the normal stuff. Like, I'm fine, you know. How you doing? You know, deflection was on 10 for me. And so the fact that I had the opportunity and I took it. If forcefully but I said what I had to say and at that moment I knew I couldn't go back like how can I say all of these things and be honest with myself for once I mean I was saying all kind of stuff like oh my self esteem was low and you know I never thought I was beautiful and I mean I was y'all I was reading in my diary like I was really telling them what it was and afterwards everybody was like Like, I mean, they were just shocked because I had put together this perfect person on the outside. I mean, not a hair out of place, child, not a lash missing, um, not a chapped lip, (laughs) not a wrinkle. Like I was together. And so for them to see this person that they assumed to be what I wanted, they saw what I wanted them to see. They were shocked. And afterwards... You know, it was a funny feeling because I did not know what that meant. I felt like my cover was blown. Like I couldn't be the same and I really didn't want to, but I also felt like I really, like I couldn't. Like if I wanted to, I couldn't because now I was aware that I was fraudulent. Does that make sense? And so after that, I just went on this journey of realness, (laughs) <laughs> but it was it was like b- super blunt so if anybody had anything to say about me I was telling them right on the spot. Like y'all not gonna try me like that like Mm-mm. I was ready to read you you know my mom I was talking to my mom during that time because you know the group in general exposed a lot of stuff about me about my childhood about things that you know weren't right things that I had internalized um and battled for years those things started coming to light so as i was learning about myself i wanted to share those things with my mom and my mom was not here for that at the time i mean i had you know counselors and and therapists who were able to coax me through some of these experiences and so now i'm feeling super empowered so i'm going to tell my mom like yeah mom you remember this like that wasn't right and also, this is why our family's like this. And she was like, uh-uh, um, I'm not your patient. You know, you need to keep that counsel stuff at your school. And she and, and she wasn't wrong for saying that because, like I said in previous episodes, you have to ask people if they're in a space to receive what you have to say. And she wasn't. I I had just received this information, and I'm sharing it. But I became like... Therapist Kiara for everybody, and I was reading my DSM five and was like, "Oh, this is why you struggle with this because blah 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 blah," and people were not here for it, <laughs> to say the least. They was tired of me and my counseling skills at that point. <laughs> so what I learned from this to wrap it up is that I need to take my mask off and who I am as a person is okay. I don't have to be what you need me to be. I just need to be myself. And it may sound super simple, but that was the hardest lesson for me to learn because I always thought that I needed to be somebody that you would like. I needed to be the cool girl, even though I was never cool. And that's okay. But I felt like I needed to be that. Let me show you that I'm I'm cool. Let me put on these clothes and wear this kind of hairstyle and do this just so, you know, you think I'm popping. It reminds you, this was, you know, early early 2010, so popping is appropriate. Um, But I learned from that. So if I could impart that wisdom to you, it would be to take your mask off, sis. It's okay. You are not for everybody and that's okay. That's okay. So 26 to 28, I began a new journey. I was wrapping up my career in the military. I got married to Dante. We moved to Tampa and I started my gra- I graduated from school with my bachelor's and then I started my master's degree um during that time and I think that there's a, there was a, a few lessons to be learned during that time, but the main one that I learned is about friendship. During that time, I lost my one of my closest friends. We were so close, we had matching tattoos, y'all, which I don't recommend, like don't do it because I feel like once you get a matching tattoo with somebody, like it's over for the relationship for whatever reason. And so I think we cursed ourselves in that way because things were never right after that. And it's been about three years now since I've spoken to her last. But that friendship and the demise of it taught me so much about what it means to be a friend. Being a friend is not about being a yes girl to your friend, right? It's not about... not being honest with them. It's not about like massaging their feelings. It's about being real. And I think that a lot of times our friendship was compromised because we weren't honest with each other. We wanted to protect each other, but that wasn't right. If there's things that I didn't like about her, I didn't share them. I just kind of kept them to myself and saying, well, you know, that's just her that, you know, this is whatever it was. It was almost like an abusive relationship. And it took a toll on me because I had to learn or relearn what it's like. No, not relearn. I don't think I knew before. So I, I had to learn what it was to be a friend. And I spoke about this more so on the Sisterhood episode with Shakira. So if you haven't heard it already, go back and listen to that episode for content because I don't want to, you know, retell the story or whatever. I learned what I needed to be as a good friend and what I needed in a good friend. And so because of that, for realness sake was born. (laughs) It was created off the strength of realness and sisterhood. And I had a dream one day and boom, here we are. And so through that, realness is a part of sisterhood. It's the only way you can have it. It's a genuine connection, a bond, a a support system of love, and real genuine concern you know it's it's honest it's bold i just yeah it's a real genuine connection so here we are at 29 and as i enter this year i am so excited about what's to come i think that i've had a lot of growth over the years and there's so much i could tell y'all but i don't of bore you with all of my different stories. <laughs> but I am excited and I'm so proud of myself because whew, it could have been bad. God, I have to thank God because he really shielded me and protected me, and his grace, his mercy and his favor have been the crux of my success. And so I'm super thankful for that. So this year to commemorate my birthday, I want to give you some encouraging reminders that you can take on your way. So if you have a pen or you're using your phone, write down these gentle reminders. Things that I've learned. I think I have five. Yeah, it's five. (laughs) So my first reminder is your journey is your journey. Stop comparing yourself, sis. You don't need to. You got your own stuff and your own success ladder. You don't have to look at your good sis to the left or the right and say, well, she's doing it. How come it's not working for me? It's not for you, sis. Your journey is your journey. So keep going on that path and trust me, it will make sense. Number two, encourage your reminder. Your time is so valuable, sis. Don't let people play with you, period. Three, it is so important to save money, but you also have to spend a little bit of change on yourself now. I mean, you made the money anyway, right? Young Kiara would tell you to spend it all, but this 29-year-old Kiara will say, just, you know, put a little to the side and then, you know, spend a little bit on yourself too. Four is embrace those who embrace you. Forget everybody else. You are not for everybody, number one. So don't worry about the people that don't like you. What what is like anyway? I mean, we got people out here that love you. You got people out here that love you. Why are you concerned about the people that don't like you? Sis, that's clown behavior and we too grown for that. And five, my favorite and final encouraging reminder for now is that you matter so speak life into yourself stop talking so negatively about what you don't like about you what you wish you could change what you want to do better okay we get it we all have flaws we all have insecurities we all have things that we want to change for ourselves and you can work on those changes but on the way to that change sis encourage yourself hey i'm getting better every day i might not like this but i like that and i can change this you know you matter stop talking so negatively about yourself we love you i love you and i want to see you do well so thank you so much we got through it because i didn't know where we were going for a second But I'm so excited to be 29. I'm so excited to still be doing this. And I'm super duper excited about what's to come. Thank y'all so much for listening for over a year. Thank you because we are almost at 10,000 downloads. And wow, I'll see you on YouTube. (laughs) Bye.